The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey friends, and welcome to yet another program, Afternoons with Mike here on The Shepherd. Been away from the booth here for a couple of days due to some family in town, but I'm back again and with me, my friend Jim Harden. Reverend Jim Harden from Compass Care, and we've had him on not too terribly long ago talking about the issues facing Compass Care as well as any other pro-life facility or ministry that is in the United States. This has been a rough time. We knew that things were going to get stirred up last June when Roe v. Wade was overturned. Boy, have they ever gotten stirred up. And now recently, and that's why Jim's on the line, a couple of major stories that we're going to be talking about, getting his reflections upon. Jim Harden, welcome back to the program. Mike, thanks for having me back. It's an honor. Well, you know, it's it's really uh, our privilege to talk with people who are, as I've mentioned many times before, there is this thing, and you and I were even talking about an illustration. You feel like you're in the gun turret and it, you're firing away. I mean, you're like, well, all-out war has been called upon anyone that yeah. not only is a pro-lifer, but it's gone beyond that. If you believe in Jesus, I mean, there are many who are firing on us from all yep. sides, and we're we're in that kind of culture right now. And, you know, we talked about Jane's revenge the last time we were on. Who would have thunk it that we would have actually had a Jane in the news? And that's Jane Fonda. And she makes an outlandish statement on The View. For our listeners who may not have seen that one or heard about it, tell us about what she said. Yeah, I mean, you're you're exactly right. You made you made the an interesting connection that Jane's Revenge is the pro-abortion terrorist group that's been attacking pro-life entities since the illegal leak of the Dobbs case on May second, and now you've got a, a proven communist agitator, Hanoi Jane Fonda, um, that went out on the television show The View in direct violation of FCC regulations, calling for the murder of pro-life people. That is unthinkable. That was, unthinkable. Yeah. And so so she, she opened up not just The View, but also any channel that carries The View for, uh, for, for lawsuits or, or having their, their FCC license revoked. But where's the DOJ on that one? Yeah. Where's, where's the Biden administration on that one? She is not just fomenting violence like the DOJ by simply, not, by, by simply ignoring the violence of pregnancy centers. She's directly at, asking people— Essentially, to uh, to kill pro life. This is this is this is a barbaric thing she's doing. Uh, she is she is actively undermining the rule of law. She 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 is in, in, encouraging. She actually, we, based on her her performance in, in the past or in the Vietnam War, we know that she prefers communism. Her per, her preferred form of of government is communism, and she would hope that America and the rest of the civilized world uh, would would convert to a Chinese form of government. Isn't that and, and you look at, at the way that, you know, pro-life Christians have been treated over the last nine months, over 250 attacks, literally attacks on pro-life entities. And the DOJ, uh, you know, it slow walks them all, um, essentially, 
they're turning a blind eye to domestic terror. They're not calling it domestic terror. They're they're failing to investigate, refusing to make arrests of known known violators, no known criminals, and they're turning their investigative and arresting power on pro-life victims like Mark Houck and other pro-life people, right? Uh, peaceful pro-life people, and it leaves one conclusion: uh, the DOJ has been infiltrated by Maoist Antifa, and now you've got this pattern of behavior that's that's being promoted. Uh, publicly on the on the airwaves by other left-leaning extreme, uh, you know, uh, television shows like The View. Right. It's it, it, this is as you described it, all-out war. We, you know, I've said that. Um, gosh, I think I've said that for several months now. All-out war has been declared on pro-life Christians, and I, this is this is we had to hire our own private investigators because the FBI and the local police refused to tell us who's attacking us. They refuse to talk to us about it. They're only interested in preserving their reputation, as mm-hmm. seen on the, uh, the 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 shameful you know performance of Mer- Attorney General Merrick Garland uh, in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee last week. Oh, I was going to uh, talk to you about that. Yeah, uh, I mean, he, he perjured himself, I believe, at least three times uh, under oath uh, before the Senate Judiciary Committee when they're asking about the disparity between how the DOJ and FBI have handled. You know the, the violence against pro-lifers versus um, how 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 they're literally going going on the attack, and you 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 compare that to FBI whistleblower testimony that came out a day after Garland perjured himself. The FBI whistleblower basically said, "Look, the FBI came out and put a threat tag out, a new threat tag, looking for pro-life adherents, people who ha- who adhere to pro-life beliefs, and they asked them the, the agents to look into what they called pregnancy centers, and this was all at the behest." of President Joe Biden's executive order on July 8th asking Merrick Garland and DOJ to to investigate the what he called the quote fraudulent practices of pregnancy centers pro-life pregnancy centers well the, the the DOJ complied on July 12th and they created the reproductive health task force specifically to look into and and quell what they called anti-abortion activity isn't that and something? that's exactly what they've done yeah that's right. And, you know, the, the amazing thing is, is that the absence of the DOJ for American citizens who might view some of these points differently, like, hello, we do. We we believe in the sanctity of life. We believe what our founding fathers would have said, that every life that is that is there has a right. I mean, we have rights. And yet That's those right. things are not being looked at. And then on top of that, I mean, I, I have to I have to say that Merrick Garland's answer to Senator Ted Cruz about why they're not doing more and why they couldn't have stopped it. And he says, well, they come out at night. What in the, I, I, I was, you know, Jim, I have to tell you, that's one of those moments where you just got to go, have you ever heard of night vision goggles or have you ever heard of, let's say headlights? How about that one? I, I just don't get it. That had to be the most laughable, if not mockable statement that I've ever heard a leader say, we're just not ready for them. They, they come out at night. I don't they get it. They come out at night. Yeah. yeah. Apparently the FBI, the FBI, um, you know, is, is afraid of the dark or something. My goodness. But, like, it was, it was, it, he said it twice in that, uh, that Senate Judiciary Committee hearing. He said it to Senator Cruz that you just mentioned. And he also said it to Mike Lee. Uh, um, when, when Mike Lee was asking about it, of over 81 attacks on pregnancy centers, where's, where's, and then you, you, you got trumped up phony charges on 34 peaceful pro-life people. 
Why? Because these pro-life people are simply exercising their First Amendment rights peacefully near pro near near abortion centers. Yeah. And so they're easy to find because, well, quite frankly, they're not committing any crimes. (laughs) But but the DOJ wants to has been has been politicized and is actively digging up uh, closed cases and violate in violation of the Tenth Amendment, usurping the state's policing power. And, uh, and all for the purpose of quelling pro-life speech. If there's one thing, if there's one theme that's come out in the last nine months, Mike, one theme, it's this, that the pro-abortion politicians in charge of the Democratic Party want to criminalize all public pro-life activity. And if they can't criminalize it, they're going to push it out of the public square through censorship. And if they can't create censorship or, 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 or make it illegal in law, they're going to encourage people to blow us up. I'm not kidding. Mm. Blow us up. I mean, uh, and Jane Fonda is going out there and encouraging people to murder pro-life people. These, yeah. They have – look, it's consistent. It's, I, can, I can at least say that, right? Their, their worldview is being applied consistently. We're seeing the end result. The logical conclusion of their worldview is that anybody that stands in their way, the secular government or, the, or, or, or their secular beliefs about humanity – can be killed. Right. That that's 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 a bona fide solution for them. Death is a solution. In fact, it's one of their primary solutions. And by the way, it's a primary solution for terrorist regimes. So if you want, if 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 anybody scratches their head and wonders, I wonder if uh, you know Maoist Antifa has infiltrated the upper echelons of government. Just look and see how much the the, the those in charge of, of the executive branch or the or, or the uh, the DOJ foment or allow for violence against groups that disagree with them. Because you look at the, the fact that Antifa is being tra- treated like kid, with kid gloves and being given a pass, it just simply emboldens them. There was a, uh, an attack on a pro-life training center in Minneapolis, Minnesota on Friday. It was Jane's Revenge. They, wrote, they broke the glass in the middle of the night like Kristallnacht in 1938 Germany, and they wrote graffiti on the side threatening them, saying, if abortion isn't safe, then neither are you. Same thing that happened to us yeah, right. in Buffalo. Yeah, and then a few hours later, the, 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 the Antifa members are so bold now that a few hours later on Saturday morning, they show up with black block, you know, with big face masks and everything, and, and, and protest. And, and, of course, the police and the FBI are like, well, we, we, can't, we don't know. We, we, we can't find these people because why? The, the crime occurred at night, right? That's exactly what they said. It, yeah. it happened at night. Yeah. And what, what are they taking pictures? Are they taking photographs or, or videos of these protesters? Because I'm pretty sure you're going to find the criminals within that group. Yeah, without a doubt. And, you know, this is so ludicrous. I mean, it is now getting to the point where it just it really boggles the imagination of any rational person that they would make these statements, that these are coming from the highest levels of government, like you said, the DOJ and the attorney general himself sitting there making these things like under oath and saying, like, we really can't do anything because it was after five o'clock. You know, our our guys go home. I mean, let's face it. The world is crazy and dark, right? Uh, I don't I don't get it. It's 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 sad. It's sad on so many levels. I'm saying these things tongue in cheek because honestly, it's heartbreaking how serious, you know, when we think about what they said that President Trump said on January 6th, and they called the statements that he made, which were nothing as radical as what Jane Fonda said, yet they called those insurrection statements. Yeah. And uh-huh. yet, yet what she said is a direct statement of insurrection, and it's an enticement to murder. 
I wish that some rational FBI high-ranking official would be hearing this and, and would something like, a, I should have had a V8 slaps on the head, you know. I wish that would happen, and they would say, <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? Let's wake up and let's smell the coffee here, and let's get well, this thing underway. Exactly. On, on March 6th, on Monday, March 6th, um, in response to this whistleblower testimony that came out the, the Friday before, I said, that the FBI needed to be dismantled, defunded and dismantled, and then rebuilt due to the systemic corruption that's happening there, right? Because you've got people under oath. You've got, you got guys carrying, 14,000 guys carrying guns and women that are under oath to protect the Constitution, and they're being given orders that, are, that violate their oath and the Constitution, and they're following them. They're following them. Now, not everybody. <clears throat> you've got, you got you, men of integrity that are still coming out saying this is wrong. <clears throat> but I said... FBI needs to be defunded. Well, President Joe Biden comes out a, a day or two later at a, at a speech in Philadelphia saying, did you hear the, this one? This is a good one. He said, I like this one. Uh, they're gonna, we, people are saying we need to defund the FBI. And he's laughing at that, okay? He's laughing. Mm-hmm. Well, um, look, take a look at who, who's responsible for the DOJ prosecuting uh, these crimes against, against uh, pro-life people. It's Kristen Clark. She is the one who is responsible for the, the DOJ's Civil Rights Division. And Kristen Clark, if you look on her Twitter account, she is vehemently opposed to pro-life pregnancy centers. And she asserts similar malice mischaracterizations that we are harmful to women and that we're, 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 we're part of the enslaving infrastructure um, by forcing our religious beliefs on, on, on women and, and making her a permanent socioeconomic underclass. Uh, you know, th- this is all Antifa uh, rhetoric. This woman is pro defund the police meanwhile uh, they want to they want to they want to double down on funding for federal law enforcement which is a classic communist move by the way right. um, you know so so we're 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 uh, Jane's revenge uh, malice anti for Jane's revenge has stated we fight not just for abortion rights but for trans liberation ecological harmony decolonization the destruction of capitalism and the uprooting of the entire global civilization these people are serious and Jane Fonda's part of it, and it looks like the DOJ has been been infiltrated at least uh, by by a malice uh, Antifa sympathizer with with Kristen Clark. So it's it's no wonder that uh, the this injustice, this the systemic injustice, is now um, you know spilling over and becoming obvious to a lot of people. And as long as we keep talking about it, I think perhaps uh, the court of public opinion uh, will will begin to hold these people accountable. But we're talking about sedition here. We're talking about treason here. And I think that the reason why people on the upper echelons of government and DOJ are doubling down because they need to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. And if it comes to light that they are actually conspiring to deprive pro-life Christians of their constitutional rights, uh, they can go to jail for a long, long time. And, you know, there's other other punishments for treason. You know, we talked about this. I mean, you know, those laws that are there, they've been there forever. These laws that should be applied to these that are breaking the law by making these statements. And like you said, the the statement that Jane Fonda made, that's her statement. It's not an alleged statement. It's a public statement. She made that. And this is something that is very clearly not only against the law, but I mean, it breaks just the, the moral compass of just about any 
I think any rational American should think, hey, that's not right, is it, that they would call for the murder of somebody just because you disagree with them? And yet yeah. uh, they're giving the free pass. Now, let's. there's a couple of things that we've got to jump to before we run out of time in this segment. Number one, any updates on Compass Care's case and what's going on with your case with the DOJ? Well, the DOJ and the FBI um, are incommunicado. They don't talk to us. Um, essentially, they they are they have slow walked the case to the point of of, of making all the leads go cold. Um, they got involved and uh, essentially slow walked it to such an extent that they they you know inserted themselves in the local investigations. The local police. Um, you know, didn't do their due diligence either. We had to we had to file a lawsuit against the local police just to get our video surveillance back, primary evidence, which they wouldn't let us even view, by the way. And now we had to go to uh, Supreme Court of New York State uh, to force them to give us our video surveillance back. And now they want to settle. They want to settle. Oh, I'm not settle. They, they want, but but they, here's what they want. They want to make sure that we don't sue them for um, failure to investigate if as, as, as our investigation Isn't goes on something? because we had to we had to, we need this video surveillance for our private investigators so um, we're not going to settle of course because they, they're doing the wrong thing they're participating in that um, that abdication of duty so um, anyway we're, we're moving forward with our own private investigation we've obviously our private investigators have already caught up with the FBI we, we, we have several irons in the fire right now. We know it's a multinational insurgency engaging in what's called Rich Higgins, former Pentagon irregular warfare expert, calls fourth-generation warfare used by al-Qaeda. The, the reason why the FBI doesn't want to make arrests can only be two reasons. Either one, they're, they're afraid that people will find out that an actual insurgency is happening in the United States, and it would foment more violence against pro-life people, or the DOJ and the FBI have actually been infiltrated by um, now Antifa, which is more likely the case. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we they're they're refusing to call it what it is, domestic terror, um, and they're they're turning a blind eye and giving them a pass. So we're we're we we rebuilt our facility. We're up and running again with, with services. We're not going to stop. We believe that God is our protector and God is our provider, and that justice will actually be done. If not in this era, then in the one to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm we're confident. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna continue to to do uh, to, to to serve women facing untimely pregnancy because, you know, every life matters as you just as you described. Right? It does. Every life matters. Hey, listen, we're up country. against a break, Jim. Hang on, we'll be right back. This is afternoons with Mike right here on the Shepherd. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study: an evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years' experience, EC Waters is a top train comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. So grateful for Reverend Jim Harden, who's on the line with me today from Compass Care up in New York. Compass Care was the pro-life center that was bombed by Jane's Revenge. 
And really, it's just a sad story. If you follow the news at all about the treatments around the country of pro-life sinners, many of them have been similarly attacked by those that are on the leftist side. And uh, this particular group, Jane's Revenge, connected with Antifa and basically sowing terror. Uh, I believe they are a true terror organization. Wouldn't you agree, Jim? 100 percent. Our private investigators, the the lead on our private investigating team is Scott Wheeler, and he uh, is uh, an expert. He's actually uh, had experience identifying terrorists and um, neutralizing them, capturing them, and and make, and some of them are in jail even now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he he sees all this, and his team has seen it, um, and they've uh, dug in uh, with respect to all these attacks across the country, and they now know that it is Antifa. The FBI refuses to talk about it. The DOJ refuses to talk about it. Um, no no threat alerts been, have been released. Um, they refuse to call it uh, terror, despite the fact that in 2017, sources from within the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security told Politico that they're, they're, engaged, they're, they're seeing Antifa activity as domestic terrorism. But they're, what changed? What changed is the leadership of the DOJ and the leadership of the executive branch responsible for the DOJ. And so now they're turning a blind eye to this uh, domestic terrorism. And um, essentially, it appears that there are certain kinds of violence that they're okay with. And um, there are people getting a pass, like we talked about earlier, like uh, Hanoi Jane and others fomenting the violence. Mm -hmm. You wonder how long this can go on. And it's clearly uh, an example of politicizing things that should be uh, matters of clear law or breaking the law. And yet, in the name of politics, these things seemingly now are just being, like you said, given a pass, and they're not really being held responsible for it. So if there's a change in administration, this is what one would wonder. If there's a change in administration, let's say in two years, and suddenly the other side of the aisle is now in control of the White House and the Department of Justice, the sad thing is the news media will only uh, report this, at at least in the current makeup of our news media, they'll report it only as a political attack and not, you know, the real issues are still not being dealt with. And that's what we we have to have, you know, God, give us revival. We have to have something in this country that's changing all of this ridiculous stuff because Man, it is, it's really bad uh, on those that operate like you do, uh, a pro-life center, and really are helping women. We are part of one here. I'm uh, privileged to be on the board of Choices, a local uh, agency here in the uh, Central Florida area that is just doing a wonderful job. I love this organization yeah. and all of those others like it. There are plenty of yeah. them around that are doing a wonderful work. Now, there's something else that's in the news uh, since we, you and I chatted, uh, Walgreens agrees with 22 different attorneys in general uh, th- with the sale and distribution of chemical abortion pills, calling them illegal. What are, what's your take on that whole story? Well, it's a great um, you know manifestation of the power of upholding the law. You know, uh, preborn boys and girls are fully and equally human and should should be afforded the protection of the 14th Amendment, equal protection under the law. And that's what these 22 state attorney, attorneys general are saying. But they're also saying, look, um, if, if Walgreens or any other pharmacy 
sells these illegal drugs in, in violation of state law. It's also a violation of federal law. And all these 22, this is nearly half of all the state attorneys general are basically are vowing to prosecute Walgreens for the illicit sale and distribution of chemical abortion. <clears throat> this is a big deal. And so Walgreens basically said, okay, we're not going to do it. We're, we're not, in those states, at least, we're not going to sell or distribute chemical abortion, um, essentially agreeing that uh, with, with these attorneys general that it's against the law. Now, um, they, they still plan on, on, on you know, selling these drugs in their stores uh, in places, you know, liberal states like California, abortion hub states like New York. Um, but, you know, this is, a, you know, there's a, 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 an open letter <clears throat> uh, that went to um, U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland because this is on G uh, January 3rd, Merrick Garland uh, in, in coordination with the FDA, Biden administration's FDA, totally deregulated the dangerous chemical abortion drug. And I say dangerous because it was listed on the FDA's REMS list, Risk, Evaluation, mm -hmm. and Mitigation Strategy List. And there's only 70 drugs, seven, zero, 70 drugs out of the thousands of drugs that the FDA has approved. Only 70 are dangerous enough to make it on that list. And mifepristone, the, 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 the chemical abortion drug, made it on that list. And now the, 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 the Biden administration's FDA illegally deregulated it, ignoring all the, 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 the legal protocols required for uh, understanding safety and efficacy of any drug. But they, they waived all that for the abortion uh, pill. So a, a, a lawsuit was filed back in November by uh, four different physician groups. And these physician groups represent thousands of doctors all across the country filing a lawsuit against the FDA for failure to, uh, to, to, to follow the legal protocols for safety and efficacy. They, they just simply ignored the data. The data demonstrates that this drug is extremely dangerous, causes hemorrhaging, sepsis, ectopic pregnancy, pelvic inflammatory disease, death. Death, um, yeah, death by bleeding and, and the, out, yeah. Yeah, right. So uh, this is this is you know a, a big move because now all, half of all abortions in America are chemical abortions. The the uh, the abortion industry saw the potential for the overturning of Roe versus Wade back in 2018 and began to quickly pivot uh, for, away from surgical in-person abortion to chemical abortion so they can maintain their business model and start sending drugs in the mail to women instead of having them come to in-person services in an office. So <clears throat> if this if this chemical abortion drug approval by the FDA is overturned by Judge Matthew Kaczmarek in the Northern District of Texas in Amarillo any day now, it will cut abortion in half overnight, which is more significant than the overturning of Roe versus Wade back on June 24th relative to the, 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 the abortion industry's uh, you know, business model. So this is big, big, big news. Um, and, and I don't think many people understand how big it is. Uh, it, it's, it's also ahead of ahead of all this. It's fomenting violence, more violence against pro-life people. Yeah. And Merrick Garland uh, and the Biden administration are encouraging people to ignore and violate the law. And, and so you've got New York Governor Kathy Hochul, New York uh, Attorney General Letitia James, both coming out. I think it was a couple of days ago, um, encouraging the breaking of the law. Um, Merrick Garland himself said he's not going to enforce the law. The, 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 the shipment and sale of chemical abortion drugs 
in the mail is illegal according to U.S. Code Title 18, uh, paragraphs 1461 and 1462. And that was modified in 1994. This is not some arcane, archaic law. This is against the law, and, and Merrick Garland vowed he would not prosecute. But every single violation, every single violation of this law, Mike, every single time some pharmacy or uh, you know, pharmaceutical companies send this drug, any doctor send this drugs in the, these drugs in the mail, it's it's a violation of it's a they could be sued for for racketeering triple right. damages and yeah. money laundering federal money laundering charges, so this this could swamp Walgreens, Rite Aid, CVS, <clears throat> and this is not a pro life decision based on Walgreens, but this, this, you know to pull out of these twenty two states. This is a business decision. They cannot sustain that level of of, of lawsuit against not just twenty two states, but the the, uh, the the federal government because when when Merrick Garland leaves. Somebody else is going to take his place who might be interested in enforcing the law, according yeah. to their own. <laughs> That's well said. That's well said. <laughs> and they just might be interested in doing what their job says they should be doing. <laughs> right. Oh, my goodness. You know, when you, you look at this, it, again, if you don't, it, we'll all be crying if we're not finding some sort of way to have to process this thing, because it is, it's cry-worthy. The, the fact that we have the Attorney General making a statement, I can't think of a single time in my life I'd ever heard that, where I'm a, a, the Attorney General says, I'm not going to enforce the law. What yeah. in the world do you have? If not a uh, an oligarchy, is, is that what we are now right here in America? Are we a, a monarchy? Are we just a, a banana republic? Are we are we just running by any, you know, the, the rule of law has long been something that people respected and people wanted. But now we're being told on the news that the attorney general is making a statement like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like they're. they're... They're, they're picking and choosing which laws to to enforce and which ones not to, like a legal buffet of some sort. Yeah. But unfortunately, they're they're applying the law illegally in many cases against those that disagree with them ideologically, like pro-life people. They're applying, for example, the FACE Act, Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrance Act. They're applying that illegally to uh, to attack pro-life people, specifically those that disagree with the Biden administration on abortion. Meanwhile, they refuse to apply the law to known violent Antifa terrorists. They refuse to. Yeah. I, I, I just, you know, it, it, it is mind boggling. It is, it, it is, you know, if you don't, if you don't laugh, you're going to cry, but we, we have to get the word out that this is, this is an insurgency. This is a using the rule of law to undermine the rule of law. And it needs to stop. And these people need the, the spotlight of investigation needs to fall on these people. I, I don't know if I told you this or not. I think I did. Um, Back on, I think it was March 6th, mm-hmm. I said the, the FBI needs to be, you know, defunded, um, the, the, the dismantled, and then rebuilt. We need an, or, an organization like the FBI and the DOJ, um, specifically because of these interstate um, multinational insurgencies that are cr- creeping into the United States. Um, local police departments are not designed for that, uh, but but they're not they're not doing their job. Yeah. Uh, they're just not. So so. You know, this again, we, we need to find a way to, to put the spotlight of investigation squarely on them. The Senate Judiciary Committee needs to hold strong. The House Judiciary Committee needs to hold strong. It is their statutory regulatory duty to hold these people accountable. And uh, the problem here is who 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 is going to hold Merrick Garland accountable when he lies, when he perjures himself under oath at the Senate Judiciary Committee? 
You know, you know what the process is? I found this out recently. The process is for the Senate Judiciary Committee, if they think that somebody's perjuring themselves, to report it to the Department of Justice for investigation. Well, who's responsible for the Department of Justice? That's right. Yeah. What is Merrick Garland going to do about himself lying? Right. He's just going to give himself a pass, just like he's giving Kristen Clark a pass to deprioritize investigations against uh, pro-life people. Meanwhile, you have all of these people like Mark, who was just defending his child and is uh, deemed to be innocent according to the local police, yet then has to undergo this FBI insurgents into his house, full guns blazing. And it's just incredible what people are are doing right now in the name of the law. But this is just not right. Well, you know, one thing you brought up an, an interesting point, how that our capitalist, uh, you know, th- this is one of the things that they hate. Antifa hates is capitalism. Yet it could well be that people like Walgreens and other members of the business community might see through that they are liable through the civil court as opposed to maybe legal or, or criminal courts. And sometimes that is a, a worthy concern for them and they can make a difference that way. So that's something that we can hope for that will come from all of this. Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, uh, the, 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 this country, you know, as, as was uh, Thomas, Thomas More said many hundreds of years ago uh, in a play, uh, has been planted from coast to coast thick with laws. And, you know, we, we, we've got a, a rule of law, not a rule of man. There's, there's not a, a, a handful of people, you know, the political elite with all the power getting to decide what right and wrong is. No, right and wrong is determined by God. I mean, that's why the, the, the Ten Commandments are, are actually written on the doors of the Supreme Court. There is a higher standard that we have to answer to, and it's God. God is the one who identifies the rule of law. He's the one that identifies what is right and wrong, what is good and what is evil. And we, our laws, have to reflect that. And the, while, while, while flawed human beings are the ones you know, in, you know, working through government and the justice system, right. we still have the rule of law as our standard. But it's being watered down and used like uh, like a bludgeon against the the the, the politically uh, disaffected, those that are uh, that are that are seen as you know challenging to the Biden administration's mm-hmm. current uh, narrative. What do you think is going to happen with this Senate uh, co- committee that uh, was grilling Merrick Garland recently? What do you think is going to happen from that? Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, my hope is that <clears throat> both the Senate and the House Judiciary Committees will amass um, evidence, and that the, the House Judiciary Committee will actually start to engage in legal action. They do have the ability; they have le- they have teeth now because they have a majority. Um, so they, they begin to engage in, in legal action against um, uh, you know government bad actors that have been found to be uh, cons- conspiring. Uh, to deprive pro-life citizens of, of equal protection under the law and their First Amendment rights of freedom of religion and freedom of expression, freedom of association, these things can can be tried, and uh, we we hope that uh, they'll keep up the pressure because this is this is the last this is the last resort. They are the last line of defense, and if and if they don't hold the line, uh, quite frankly, they're going to be complicit mm-hmm. because this is their oath-bound duty as well as as representatives of the people. Well, it will be an interesting day if we can get people in these positions of authority. And I like how you stated it. It was pretty funny, and but it's true. We need to have people in the DOJ and other places of authority that really have a care 
for obeying the law. And that would be a major step forward, would it not, for our country? And it would, yes. And that's, uh, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why Joe Biden himself, uh, you know, responded to to my statements. I don't know if he responded directly to my statements, but I said the FBI needs to be defunded last week on Monday. And he came out uh, two days later, I think I told you, um, saying, did you hear that one? You know, well, guess what? I I refuse to provide funding that's going to keep communities safe and secure. That's what he said, direct quote. I refuse to provide funding that's going to keep communities safe and secure. What he wants to do is defund local policing, which is the purview of state governments and local governments, and increase funding for federal policing, which is a Maoist, Antifa, Chinese-like move. So, um, you know, this everybody should, every, everybody should be very aware of what's going on and be um, um, vigilant as citizens, self-governing, um, to say, look, this is unacceptable and needs to stop. And it needs, it, it, and and not just not just voting these people out, laughing them out. Would be would be preferable, yeah. um, but even even more than that, after they're out, they need to be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law for sedition and treason. I would really love to see accountability return to Washington D.C. God have mercy upon yeah. us, Jim Harden Amen. from Compass Care in New York. Thank you so much for being with us yet again, and can't wait till we check in the next time. We're praying for you, sir, and all of uh, those pro-life centers like you around the country, here in Central Florida as well, praying that God protects and that uh, the lives will be watched over by our good God, who we know He is. Thank you for being with me, Jim. Thank you, Mike. God bless. All right. And we'll be back in a moment for our final segment here on Afternoons with Mike. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. Back again now for segment three, and on the line with me is Nina May. I've had Nina on before. She's a writer, she's a producer, and the director of Renaissance Women's Productions, quite the filmmaker and uh, journalist. Nina, welcome back to the program. Well, it's my pleasure. Now, I know that you were at Washington, D.C., in D.C., on January 6th. And that fateful day, January 6, 2021, right after the uh, much contested election and all of the things that went down that day, in the last several days, there have been some, especially on Fox News, some uh, video that that has come out. And in particular, Tucker Carlson has really uh, kind of uh, given rebirth to this whole story again. But you were there. And I would love for you to weigh in on what you're hearing right now about January 6th, either from the stuff that's come out on Fox News or other sources. You were there. So tell me, first of all, what what do you think about uh, what you're hearing today? Well, we're really thankful, and this is something we've been yelling about for two years, over two years now. We're really thankful that they have released the security footage because that's the way we're going to be able to see what the truth is. And he released one tiny, tiny little itsy-bitsy example of what they were lying about, and that was with um, Jacob Chansley and how he was just 
very peaceful. He didn't do anything. He didn't hurt anything. They were. He had an escort, basically, a police escort the entire time. Now they're saying, well, we don't know what he did when he left. He could have, you know, started a fire when he left. Well, great. Pull that footage up, and we'll see him leaving. Pull the footage up of him coming in, and and fill in the blanks yourself. You've got the footage to do that. But now it's, they're not interested anymore. It's sort of like, okay, move along with them to see. We had our our J6 show trial, we proved what we wanted to prove. So nanny, nanny, new, new, we're not listening to anything. Well, yeah, we got to listen to this because it's going to totally disprove their narrative that they've been pushing on us for years now, mm-hmm. over two years. Yeah, right. And um, and we were there as a film crew because we're in, we're in the D.C. area, basically. We've been um, covering these rallies for years, decades. And I'm telling you, it's the largest rally I've ever been. And it was well over 2 million people. Uh, coming close to that was um, Promise Keepers, which was about like 1.75, I think. And the Tea Party was like 1.89, 1.9. So this is way far beyond what even the Tea Party was. And that was huge. So, um, you know, even that, they're, they're kind of lying about that. So are you basically saying there's 2 million people that were inspired to uh, cause an insurrection that day? Well, the problem with it is the timeline just doesn't work. And I know you want to talk about the timeline later, but the fact that they say that the breach started at 1253, well, the president was still speaking for another 25 minutes. At what point did he incite the people? And two things, you could not hear him. That's why we left the White House and went back to the Capitol to get some footage there. You couldn't hear him. Even if he said, you know, I want you to go to the Capitol now and burn it down, no one would have heard that. He would, he would have been standing there you know, in an area with him. It would take you 55 minutes to walk back to the Capitol mm-hmm. to burn it down. Well, they claimed it had already started at 1253. Well, he's still speaking at 1215. Here's a big question. If he's speaking and they know that the Capitol is being, you know, run overrun and attacked and bombed or whatever they're claiming happened, why didn't they call? They've all got cell phones. Call someone at the White House. I know who's over there. Say, hey, tell the president. We know he's speaking. Tell him that he's got to, you know, stop speaking and address the fact that the Capitol is under attack. No one did that. It wasn't important enough for them to call the White House and, and tell the president what was going on. He's in the middle of a speech. How is he supposed to know what's going on? And then it turns out that the Joint Chiefs of Staff did not even meet to discuss what was happening at the Capitol until 2.30. Do you know when his first tweet was out after meeting with them? It was exactly 2.38. And he said, be peaceful. The, uh, the police officers are our friends. We're not like this. Do the right thing. Da 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 da. And he had at least four to five other tweets right after that. So Liz Cheney lied when she said he didn't he didn't bother to address the nation till six o'clock that night. Oh yeah, he'd been addressing it all day. But Twitter was taking his posts down. Right. So yeah, that's right. Of them. Yeah. And, and so we've got screenshots of all of that that proves that he did. He, he said exactly what he said. He said. And they put that in as evidence saying, oh, he knew exactly what was happening, and he didn't even call them off. Yes, he did, actually. You know, this reminds me, Nina, it reminds me of that old uh, statement, like, ma'am, don't bother me with the facts. I mean, that's that's really what you're saying, isn't it? The facts prove. That's exactly right, yes. And that's why they were scared to death to bring one single solitary um, witness up there that could prove that they were there and what they saw and what they happened. Not one person out of two million, you couldn't bring one up. And then they give the tapes, the videotapes to some unknown producer from Hollywood to prove their point. They maybe had two minutes out of 44,000 hours 
that they could kind of prove their point. But as an editor, we went frame by frame, and oh my gosh, they pieced it together in such a sloppy manner. If you're seeing it on TV, you're not going to notice the, the, the way it was edited together. But we edit, so we know how it was edited together. And I'm telling you what, there's one scene where there's a Capitol, I'm saying, I'm, let me just use the Capitol Hill Police. It was D.C. Police's Capitol Hill Police, Metropolitan, whatever. Anyway, one was in a scrum, little struggle, struggle. He had say, Capitol Hill Police on his back. He's pulled down. Oh, my gosh, it's horrible. Uh, uh, uh. But he, he miraculously manages to get up. He pulls himself up. And, oh, my goodness, now he's a D.C. police. Mm-hmm. So they, they edited that together to make it look like it was one person that was pulled down. And then, you know, it was someone else that got back up. Well, why would you do that? Wouldn't you want to show that he never got back up? Why would you show someone else got back up? And to not even have the same names on the back of the right. the, the, um, the jacket that they're trying to say was a man that was working for either one of those different organizations. So there was tons of stuff like that that happened. The bike racks, when they're pushing against the bike racks, if you look beyond that, behind the policeman, it's all green. You see the green grass of the lawn of the Capitol. That was not the way it was. It was packed with people. Mm-hmm. It was it, it was that way maybe in the morning before people got there. And so I've always contended that a lot of this was shot beforehand. It was staged beforehand. And the proof of it is get the time stamp on this footage. Get the time stamp on the bike rack tussle there. There's another bike rack tussle that happened. They claim happened exactly where we were standing for an hour. Well, it's interesting. When you look at that that little bike rack tussle, which did not happen, there were no bike racks. Right to the left of them is the inaugural stand, and it's half built and half covered in plastic. When we were there, it was totally covered in white plastic. So, hmm, hmm that suggests that that was pre-filmed. You know, I mean, why not? Down in the uh, crypt, when you have the, um, again, a shot of the police sort of pushing it back against a, an unruly crowd, you look at it very carefully, and I looked at that as a director would look at uh, as a scene, because I would say, no, no, you you can't get eye contact with the with the guy next to you and be talking to him when you're trying to defend your life with this guy pushing against you, keep your eye on your target, keep your eye on the target. That was obviously a training film. Mm-hmm. It's so obvious. There was a training film because again, you got policemen kind of standing in the background, just sort of watching these people struggle for, for their lives against these, these goons that are broken into the Capitol to create mayhem that day. I mean, it's just a joke. It really is. And thankfully this footage is out and I'm really, really hoping that we can get our hands on it, and a lot of other people that were there that day can get their hands on it and compare that compare it to their their phones. Everybody got footage that day. There's probably thousands and thousands of hours, hundreds of thousands of hours of footage that day from all the people that were there. If if two million people each shot at least an hour's worth of footage, gee, what is that? Two million hours of footage. Yeah, it's a lot to go through, isn't so, it? Yeah, but you know, and, and it's a lot to prove. They can pin, yeah, exactly. And they need to now give this to the lawyers of all those poor people that have been sitting in jail without a trial. Their due process has been denied. But they need this evidence to prove that they were not doing what the uh, the government has claimed that they were doing. Now, you bring up a good point. I want to bring that back up again. You mentioned earlier Jason, and he's the fella, is he not, the one with the the kind of like the horns J- hat and all of that? Jacob, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, the horned hat. Yes, exactly. Uh, you the said, shaman, I think they call him. Yes. So you're you're saying that basically what America has seen through the likes of CNN and NBC and CBS and all the other mainstream outlets, what they're seeing is not exactly at all what really happened in terms of what his role, the way he was led through. Uh, it, you're saying that it was much more peaceful than what they're making it out oh, to be. It, it was totally peaceful. In fact, this is something else they did not put in their little show trial. They forgot to, conveniently forgot to mention that at 1.15, when the president finished his speech, it was almost exactly when the president finished his speech, there was a phalanx of SWAT team um, members up on the, the high balconies where they're claiming all these break-ins took place. We're talking about two dozen guys dressed in black, the black helmet, the shields, the guns, and the flashbang uh, mechanisms and mm-hmm. stuff. They started shooting flashbangs into the crowd at almost exactly the time the president finished his speech. So again, he's finished his speech. It takes 50 minutes to get from the White House to the Capitol. So who's he shooting? Where were they shooting flashbangs at? Here's what happened. The president started his speech an hour later than he was supposed to. So this was all planned, that that was going to be part of the riot, that they were going to be defending the Capitol against. Well, there was no riot. It was peaceful people standing there yelling at them to stop shooting the flashbangs. One flashbang even hit one of the men in the chest that died. Everyone thinks that it was it died of a heart attack, and it was a flashbang that hit him so hard in the hard enough in the chest that that's why wow. he died. Wow. Yeah, and you don't. Did you hear any of that in the trial? No, no. no. They were shooting rubber bullets at people. Remember the guy that was sitting on the floor. When, um, then when the shaman was behind the, the desk and the policeman was just kind of letting him stand there, he said, hey, come on, okay, you've got your pictures, let's go. And then he sees the man on the floor, he said, are you okay? He goes, oh, I got hit by a rubber bullet. No one goes, what rubber bullet? Who was shooting rubber bullets? You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. They left all that stuff out. So, it, it, and again, go look at the timestamps on all this footage that's being released. We put out a very tight timeline about what exactly happened that day from 9.30 that morning till 3.30 that day, that night, we put it out. And I think that our um, publicist sent it to the different shows that we're doing. But, you know, if you want it, we can obviously send it to you. But um, but that's the answer to all of this, the timeline. The timeline is so crucial, and that's why they tried to hide this footage from us. Nina, I could only imagine how frustrating it is for you as a journalist to have the goods, if you will. You've got the video. You've got the timeline. Right. You've you right. experienced it personally, and then you hear and you see these things on television and, and the way it's all being purported to have happened. And you know it's not exactly. that way. That's got to be incredibly frustrating for you. Well, it is frustrating, but it's it's understandable because the, the mainstream media is basically nothing but a PR arm of the Democrat Party. I mean, they can't think for themselves. They can't speak for themselves. They're all in lockstep. If you look at a, a, a – just p- turn all of the stations on at the same time, and they will all have exactly the same talking points. Yeah, they have the same words. Five seconds of yeah. an event happening, the yeah. same exact talking words, and the same words. They'll keep using yeah. the same words. Like, remember, um, what's his face? Oh, he's sloppy. He's sloppy. He's sloppy. He's sloppy. He's sloppy. 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 I mean, everyone's calling this guy – what was his name? Um, the guy that stuck the, the archive – stuff in his pants or his, his socks. They all kind of started calling him sloppy. It's sloppy. That had nothing to do with what he was. That was even the wrong word to be using in that that situation. Yet they're all little parrots of what their little you know, their mother parrot tells them to do and their mother parrot is the DNC. 
Okay, so, so they're not really the media. I think it's embarrassing to call them the media. They're not. They're just, like I say, they're a PR arm of the Democrat Party. So what is what are your thoughts right now? What are your hopes to, to come in this next month from all of the stuff that's happening right now? Like I said, on Fox News and these other things, what are you hoping for? I'm, I'm hoping immediately the first thing that happens is that these all these people that have been uh, in jail for all this time without due process, without the right of a speedy trial, without the, the ability to uh, face their, uh, their accuser, without the ability of exculpatory evidence, which is the security cameras. I'm praying that they can finally get their day in court yeah. and that they can finally yeah. be proven that they were nothing but a peaceful crowd that either got swept in with open doors. By the way, they did not open these doors. Nancy Pelosi's in charge of those doors. She opened those doors, so she should be complicit in this. We talk about um, inciting an insurrection. Let's look at what she did that day. Do you Let's think that will ever happen? That day. Well, I think now that, that people are seeing the footage and people are seeing exactly what happened. There's another story going on here, too, that people are missing. Is Why would, it, why would they want to do this? Why would they want to create an emergency in the Capitol? And and if you look at the law and the way it's 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 designed, basically, is that it's very specific. If there's an emergency in the Capitol, that something's going to be um, talked about or on the floor, or whatever they call it. And you do not have the Speaker, the um, the Vice President, in this case, the President of the Senate, and I think the Majority Leader at that time of the Senate. If they are all out of that room, whatever the room, the chamber, I mm-hmm, guess, mm-hmm. then you cannot have your hearing. You can't have, you can't discuss whatever the issue that's on the table. You cannot discuss it. Those people have to be in there. And that so is functionally what happened. Oh, oh, we're under breach. We're under breach. We need to get these three people out of here right now. Well, that's a little convenient. Mm-hmm. That's a little cozy, don't you think? Mm-hmm, right. So look at that. Anyone that's a lawyer, anyone that's truly a lawyer, not the ones that they just hand these degrees to. Look at that and see exactly why they left that day and exactly what time they left that day and the reason they were told they were leaving that day, leaving the chamber that day. Mm. And there's you're going to, it's going to start unraveling from that point on. Well, we're going to get to see, and it's going to be uh, very interesting to see what develops from all of this. Nina May, thank you for being with me today once again. You bet. My pleasure. Bless y'all. And friends, we thank you for joining us on this program. Afternoons with Mike. We'll see you tomorrow right here on The Shepherd.